This episode is not recorded in front of a live studio audience, so any edits could have happened. You just die. That's it. When it's a polar bear, you just die. Let's play City of Mist. Before we start, now that Craig's here, I just want to say, John, I've been too mean to you. I'm going to try to be nicer. This isn't helping anybody. That, I, you know, Marcus, can we talk in the soup for a sec? Um, okay, Say Noah no. and I are going to talk in the soup, I guess. What does that happen on a meta level? Does John hear that, or does John only hear us? So the soup is a sequestered location John has no access to. John can yeah. only hear what Craig hears, so yeah. Craig can't access the soup. So Noah is explicitly hiding from John right now. Since we are doing something kind of guilty, we should go to the crawdad hole instead. <laughs> All right. Fair. Have a chat. I would never do that to you, John. Can John hear us? You just can't respond because Noah's not here. Yeah, John can hear us. Yeah. Right the John rules are very clear. Like, there's not a whole lot of. How does of... it feel right now, John, to be unable to speak? <laughs> yeah. How does it you feel to know anything. that Noah can't hear what we're saying to you right now, John? John, we're communicating with you without. But not no... Noah, you know? That is If weird. we didn't tell Noah this was happening, he probably wouldn't even bother to listen to the recording. I have no mouth, and yet I must roleplay. All right, John, that's all the secrets we're going to tell you for now. John, don't worry. Everything we talked about, you're completely safe. While we're making announcements to John, I want to reiterate something that I said earlier. Because, John, I have always attempted to be nice to you. I have not always succeeded, but I, I will reiterate and remind you of this. You do have an out. There is a way in this game to both be completely consumed by your story and to reject it. If you reject it enough, if you dedicate yourself to your daily life enough, walking the balance, or if you just find a way to make your place in the story boring, to make Wei want you to leave, then you can just return to a normal life and you'll forget about all of this. You won't be able to see people's powers. That's always been the ending I wanted for you, John. I wanted you or, to escape the narrative. Yeah. Here's Wei the thing, will kill John, you if you become uninteresting. Yeah, if you do that, Wei's going to kill you before the mythos goes away. Here's the real problem, John. Even if you don't die and you become a sleeper, you become someone who is unaware to perceive these events, these powers, you will still be enmeshed in the narrative, and now you will simply be unaware of it. So what's worse? Yeah. Is ignorance truly bliss? Yeah, so we wouldn't go away. You would just stop hearing us. Is ignorance truly bliss, John? It would, like, just kind of directly put John in the line of fire of, like, some awful supernatural shit happening, and John isn't even going to know about it. He's going to get crushed by a big rock from, like, a skyscraper collapsing or some shit. Well, I think we directly know that inclement or surprise crocodiles are going to be somehow involved. Yeah, yeah true. he needs to just deal with yes. that first. Yeah. He just needs to deal with yeah. that first. See, that's the thing. That's the thing, John, is you escaping. <laughs> you escaping is reliant on other people wanting that to happen. So they don't just drag you back into this. So it's a slim hope, but it's a hope. I feel like they always start with like a conversation with John. We always start. We've been starting our episodes like that more and more now, recently. Is that true? I well, did a lot. Confirm or deny this? No, I, I feel like so. there were a lot of them, and then we stopped for a while, and then we started again. But that's also More partially like just because bell curve so far. John wasn't there. I feel like a really good format for like a recap episode would just be talking to John, or like any kind of supplementary content. We've talked about that yeah. a little bit. 
I think it would be a good idea to just have like a little moment where we talk about like a little bonus episode where we talk about what's happened and the, the part of the conceit is that John is just there and can also comment. I do also like the idea that when he starts hearing us in his head, he doesn't know if it's going to be a full episode with shenanigans or if we're just going to talk a bit and go away. It's going to add more anxiety. I thought you said you were going to be nicer. It's difficult, John. <laughs> John, it's a I really do process. want. It's a healing process. It's it, baby steps, baby steps. Yeah, yeah. Look, I want us to be going in the same direction. Just know I sometimes say things I don't mean. That's true. We like to joke around. You know, we like to make jokes on this podcast. We like to be entertaining. Yeah, we like to have fun. We're yeah, just, we like to have fun. a bunch of people who like to have fun. Yeah, there was yeah, this one time I that? said Noah was my favorite character writer. <laughs> hey, we have an opening scene from Chris. Chris, uh, drop that opening scene. Oh, uh, shit. Where would I be without Marcus? I'm sorry, Noah, you actually are talented, but oh, I couldn't resist. No, 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 no. It was no. a golden I, opportunity. It was delightful, and I, I applaud you for taking that moment. Yeah, I, like, I was falling from the sky with a basketball in my hands. I might as well dunk it if I'm going to be falling onto a court. <laughs> so true. Need that on a poster. All right, Chris. Call you. Not much to say about me. That a hundred. <sighs> Fuck. Damn it. Shit. That's all right. We'll fix it in post. <laughs> Damn it. Never forget. Yeah. All of your transgressions will be erased in it's post. Gonna be so, it's gonna be so clean, dude. It's gonna be so fucking clean. John is the only witness. Witness of magic. John is the magic. Is that true, Wade? Are you? Have you been taking my flubs out? When I, when I was. <laughs> When I was editing last time, in the middle of the edit, I just hear, like, somebody flubbed a line, and Chris just started screaming, Cut it, Wade! Cut it! And it's so fucking funny. I feel like I had a lot of bits that were very specifically directed exclusively for Postway. And it was just kind of a, a black hole of content. Oh, dude, that reminds me. When I was listening to the last recording, as much as I was making jokes about post-production way, holy shit, post-production Noah is so much better than, like, real life. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Are you shit? Is that true? Me? Like, oh Dude, my god. listen to this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Dude. <laughs> I'm, I'm such a whiny little asshole in real life, but the guy on the recording is so charitably done. Oh my god! Like, dude, another thing that really cracked me up is when we, you were talking to post production way on the last episode, and you're like, "It's weird way how all of your punchlines seem to magically stay in." Because <laughs> that's just like I was like. That caused me to hesitate. I was like, wait, is that true? Like, have I really been, like, favorably editing all of my jokes in and cutting out the good jokes of other people? I was like, wait, <laughs> really? Is that true? Gotta keep him oh on God. his toes. Maybe that's just my skewed perspective from how funny everybody in this cast is, but... <laughs> or group what have you. I know that we've gone back and forth. Is this... is Like, what? what is the term for the collection of people that we have in these recordings we're just a bunch of people who like to have fun we just do things a little differently we like to have fun just a little i think language is fundamentally descriptive and prescribing a name is uh in itself toxic 
I agree, like, Marcus. Great point. I was gonna just say friends. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if you guys like that word, but I, I don't know. I think it has kind of a catchy ring to it. Moving a little fast there, way. Uh, like, let's let's bump the brakes a little bit on this. Yeah, we've Good only points. been we've only known each other. Princes. God damn, you'll jump down my throat so fucking fast. I would like to take the next step at some point, guys. So just let me know. I got some bracelets ready to go. Considering the fact that someone born at the start of this podcast would be two right now, I think that is a valid oh point. Oh my god. Really? Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, no. I have once slept on one bed with two members of this group, and uh, I think it is time to go to the next level. <laughs> Chris, opening scene. Let's do it. Not much to say about me that a hundred people haven't already said about themselves. Life in the Junction's fine, but I'm sure it would be a whole lot better without the gangs. I've got a factory job and try to do what I can for my community. It's not easy. In a city run by gangs and a soulless megacorp, you make a lot of enemies running for office on a strict anti-gang, anti-soulless megacorp campaign. Maybe someone smarter would have done things differently. Feel free to call me stupid, I guess. There are worse things to be. Point is, I'm a pretty simple guy. But I'm a fighter. Learn that from my old man. A job needs to be done, I get it done. People need help, I make it happen. Someone fucks with me, I make them regret it. I may be down, but you'll never see me out. I'll get up again. Because getting up again is a whole hell of a lot better than being a brown stain at the bottom of the shit heap. That was a little Micah character introduction, everybody. Fuck yeah. As we ease gently back into those dark, enclosing walls of the labyrinth. It's a good thing I was muted because I cheered at the brown stain. <laughs> yeah, I also exclaimed. You guys were so resistant to those early on, and now I've, I'm glad you've finally embraced them. It's this odd form of Stockholm Syndrome when you take the crappy joke that's been repeated over and over again and make it your own. <laughs> yeah, the bold reclamation of something that was so trite. Yeah, which is what was that number again? Fun. Do you remember the phone number? Oh my god. <laughs> You see, y'all just call the number. <laughs> Dude, when I, I was can't. editing that, you guys were telling me how we were going to get copyright struck <laughs> for singing that. That was definitely was like, a joke. Are you <laughs> shitting me right uh, now? Yeah, yeah, we did say that. It was a really fucking funny bit. Of course way. we were. There's no way that was fair use way. <laughs> it's like the happy birthday song, you know? Like, everybody knows it, and they just consider it a natural part of the world. But every time you use it, you still need to pay for the rights. And I do. I gladly pay. I pay every time. <laughs> I have my my voice app and my Venmo just like auto hooked up to to make the payments. Dude, how is that not an introduction description that Way's already written? Will pays for the happy birthday song every single time he sings it. And I sing we sing it in our, in our classroom all the time. <laughs> Wait, can it be canon in our 4E campaign that if you want to sing the happy birthday song on your kid's birthday, you have to pay for the rights? Oh, so poor families yes, have yes. like a discount brand version. <laughs> Everyone has like a mic like in surgically implanted into their larynx. It just knows. Those first three uh, notes come out, and if you don't have it like set up to automatically pay, like your larynx stops functioning. Oh my god. Well, it, it's probably <laughs> true of every song, you know? You hear a song on the radio and you try and sing it, and that's infringement. Yeah. Some good interesting world building we're doing for a completely unrelated campaign, guys. Yeah, don't, don't you guys wish that we could hear that campaign. Back on topic, idiot audience. You're all kind of sweaty from a post-gator battle. Jason does not feel good. 
He's still got vines like wrapped around his arm. He's a little bit like he's like bleeding down one side of his arm. Where did he get the haunted status from again? Me. That's from you, right? He saw Kaz take their head off and use it to chomp down on a gator. And as part of that move, the head kind of like became a jack-o'-lantern briefly. It was like surrounded by a much larger like shadow jack-o'-lantern. Yeah, so you just kind of see him standing there staring off into space. He's like holding his arm that's bleeding a little bit, but he doesn't seem to be noticing it. It's like mouthing something silently to himself. If we're staying still for a second, Kaz is going to sit down and just kind of like rub it their shoulder where obviously through the jacket jacket's actually a little bit torn there's just like a big gator bite on their shoulder it's just bleeding kind of sluggishly agave is going to try and patch that up with a bit of cloth micah just kind of like watch you do that be like uh i can help with that too if you'd like anyone need help kaz raises their other arm but also doesn't agave don't you have some way to make healing uh, I'm better at mental healing. Physical healing comes back with a vengeance. Yeah, I can do some physical healing. Seems like Jason could use some mental healing. I feel like Buddy needs some help That's over there. Point. He looks a little in over his head, to be sure. Uh, I'm going to heal Kaz. I'm going to use Fertile Reigns. Do I add Chomped to that? Because I might have to re-roll my... Do you think you being Chomped would reduce your ability to heal? I think it would. I'd say so. So it'd be a six like this. I was like, oh, just barely a seven. Nice. Perfect. No. Have you ever tried to heal the undead before? Oh, a dissonance of mythos. That's interesting. Oh, I like that. A dissonance of mythos. So as you're reaching out to try to heal Kaz, you recoil, and it's some kind of instinct it's some kind of negative impulse towards kaz your mythos is fighting them because your mythos is associated with the underworld right in some way yeah very uh, antagonistically <laughs> oh i think okay. as micah starts to reach out to kaz the clubs that he has start like vibrating and just lightning shoots up each of them even like up his arms a little bit mm. it's violent and scary and Micah just like steps back he's like I shouldn't probably you can either take a tier two status which represents your feelings of aggression towards Kaz or you can fade your mythos and reject your mythos mm. so what would you prefer also an important point for Micah's decision here does Micah know who Kaz is no I would say no Micah doesn't know Kaz very much at all the prime racer of the Uranios gang is not so easy to associate with Kaz they raced under a code name right yeah and... but it is visually especially if you know who Agave if you know who Agave is and you see a jet black dressed racer with a motorcycle that looks a lot like the motorcycle they're broadcasted as wearing you could kind of put that together how directly did micah view the aranios races did he ever see one of those in person does he know much um, about those i think he maybe doesn't i think he was maybe like a secondary like he was involved tangentially yeah i feel like micah would kind of be ideologically opposed to the concept and he really wouldn't want to watch them. He wouldn't want to have anything to do with or to know about the racers. Yeah. Okay. So you don't know who Kaz is. Would you prefer to take aggressive sentiment towards Kaz or fade your mythos? 
I think fade the mythos because I think that ties into the mystery of the mythos. Ooh, what is that mystery? The mystery is am I creating a wasteland or fertile ground? And Micah doesn't see any reason why he should have any aggression towards this person. Like he just sees someone who needs help. And if his mythos isn't going to help someone who needs help and is going to create a wasteland, then fuck that. That sucks. Yeah, that's great. That's beautifully Sick put. Sick as hell. Can we now represent that in a bit of a scene? You see him like have this kind of confused and really like angry expression for a sec as he pulls, you know, his arm back and sort of like forces the lightning to dissipate. It's kind of like throwing it into the ground, dropping the clubs, like shakes a little bit like that was a that was weird. Anyway. Uh, and he's like kind of obviously not focusing on it. Uh, I'll still, I can still help you. You know, the kind of rain pours off his hands a little bit, but it's a lot slower. Kind of runs down Kaz, knits the wound together. It was a failed move, though, so it doesn't. Maybe the wounds are killed a little bit, but not really meaningfully. Yeah. Yeah, it... there's just no mechanic reflection. Yeah, and he's obviously perturbed about it, you know? I think when that first happened, Kaz looked surprised, a little taken aback, even a little bit scared. But Micah, like, apologized and then was like, maybe I shouldn't, like, immediately afterwards also looked surprised. And Kaz just kind of nods, but still, like, this brown knit, perplexed look on their face. And I'd like to look beyond the mist. It's an 11. What do you think Kaz would want to know? Why did he reject me? Or it reject me, but he reject- that makes more sense with how Kaz would have framed it in their head. What's like the best way to respond? You say whatever answer you think feels appropriate, and then we will find a way to construe that in universe. We have some clever minds. We have this generation's greatest minds working on that. His mythos is dedicated to the battle against death. Death is his mythos's ultimate enemy, and it sees Kaz as a reflection of or servant of death. As Kaz looks beyond the mist and tries to figure out why the healing rejected them, they get a keen awareness of their own undead nature. They really feel that they're walking the boundary between life and death. That feeling's always kind of creeping pernicious in the background but here it as the water trickles slowly down their their leather sleeve it comes into the foreground would a valid look beyond the mist question be how do you become more alive how do you um, give life how do you grant life something along those lines the purpose of look beyond the mist is to glimpse somebody's mythos Mm -hmm. So it's not a vehicle for self-discovery. I mean, you as in Micah. Oh, okay. How is Micah so alive? How is the mythos so alive? How can this person bring me closer to life? Yeah. Like, how can I use this to my advantage? Yeah. So let me ask you this, Chris, as another reframing of that question. <laughs> what is the mechanism by which your mythos heals? I, I think I'm going to give something very vague. Uh, you want to go to the soup? Okay. I don't think it's that it goes to the soup thing. Okay, it's not I think it's just, if enough. this is not a valid answer, tell me I'm a little dumb idiot and I'll give a better one. I refuse. I will never say We'll that. just edit it out and post if it's not good enough. <laughs> it will never have happened. It's even better than me rejecting it. It will just have never happened. 
the audience hears way uh, do his best Chris impression. <laughs> better answer for me. No, I'll I'll get a good answer out of you. It's the yeah. last thing I do. Silence <laughs> or love. The audience, kills me. I've been in the basement for weeks. <laughs> won't stop hitting me. Take away the wrench. Someone come and take away his wrench. Kaz would see first a scene of like someone like picking a ripe tomato in a garden. Uh, somebody climbing an apple tree somebody planting seeds and you know kind of slowly carefully watering them immediately cut to like fire sweeping across the land and just a figure pummeling the shit out of another like silhouetted into flames grabbing this thing person by the neck and hitting over and over and over and over and over and over again. Dude, you thought that wasn't going to be enough? Are you fucking <laughs> shitting me? That was great. I think that was great. That's exactly what Kaz sees. I have nothing to add to that. Next question. Kaz is so confused. I really... Oh, man, there is a lot in that that I feel like... There's a lot of different directions you could go with that scene Kaz just saw. There's connections to Jason, the apple tree, and the beating is kind of like... The duality of life and death. The two genders. Or, you know, sibling fights. Fight. The two genders, life and death. <laughs> no, apple and God, You know, that's that would be so fitting, though. Kaz is a non-binary person. That's what made him non-binary. He's neither apple or fighting. Would there be a way to get it to recognize me as something beyond death, not beholden to it? I mean, if anything, Kaz feels like they reject death more than anybody else. You, uh continue to see the image of that silhouette pummeling the shit out of the other you see the neck of the pummel e bend back in a not natural direction you see the body thrown to the ground certainly would evoke scenes from your personal history yeah kaz is just sitting there like that already happened what happens next already did that part like, so, like, poetically aligned, and Kaz... I think Kaz is mostly just confused and is going to sit there. Dude, that's the secret. To get Micah to heal you, you got to beat the shit out of Micah. That's it. <laughs> like, it. It's pretty obvious to me that Micah's mythos is fruit punch. <laughs> God damn it. Okay, cut my joke out and, like, crank the volume up, please. <laughs> I'd like oh the audience to have a camera and is no that longer facing us. Killer. That was killer. You see, I thought I was cool as falling from the sky to slam dunk into a hoop. But that one, he like jumped off of the moon. <laughs> Sorry, wait, did you have something else to say? I was gonna move on to the Gave Jason scene. I'm still reeling from that joke though. God damn. Dude, just gotta make that fruit into wine. So let me set this yeah. up, right? Gave saw Jason see Kaz's head turn into a jack-o'-lantern. Gave's very good at picking up on social cues. Uh, Jason's standing there shaken. Are you okay? You, you kind of look like you're looking at like a very distant object. Uh, sorry, I just um, I got a little uh, lost in my own thoughts there. Uh, I'm okay. I'm all right. I'm good. I, I'm sorry, I, I know it may be presumptuous of me, but I, I don't think you're doing as good as you think you're doing. 
Yeah. Uh, whew, how can you tell? Um, Would you like me to start like listing all of the like changes in your behavior? Or no, that's fine. I um, yeah, I just I just kind of need a friend right now. I'm gonna sit down and pat the ground next to me. I sit down. Is Jason the drinking type? You have seen him drink before. That's true. You like beer. I'll make you a beer. I'm thinking friendly conversationalist, awareness of immediate desires, wine of ecstasy, and enticing escapism. Invoke the um, haunted two status as well and make a change the game roll. That is a 14. Oh, it is dynamite. Damn, son, where'd you find this? <laughs> Holy shit. Okay, I want two things from you, Nick. What kind of beer would you tailor to Jason's particular sensibilities? And the second is uh, the conversation. What do you say? This beer is a very complex beer. It changes on your tongue as it warms up and dries out. But at the same time, it has a consistent thread of an underlying bitterness. You're, you're still new to this. It gets pretty spooky sometimes, you know? At the moment, everyone's okay. Kaz's head goes on and off. And usually we like to keep it on, but, you know, sometimes stuff happens. Uh, I wouldn't suggest pulling off your own head. I think... That's Kaz's thing. Tell me more about these gardens of yours. I just, I grow a few plants at home. They're fine. Uh, really what I like doing is, uh, is tending to, to other people's gardens. You know, I like seeing my neighbors and, and, and doing work for them um, on a regular basis. This beer is really good. I know, right? Where did you get this? It's what I thought you would like. Uh, it. It's helping. The taste of the beer, the complexity as it swirls around your tongue, reminds you of the complexity of your own community with a thread of bitterness underlying it. You know, what I'm really having a hard time with is uh, it just still feels like a dream to me. It still feels like it's, it's not real. And... I'm struggling. This beer, the lights you and Tish were conjuring, the things that Micah is doing, it just feels like, like, you know, when you're in a dream and you don't question when something strange happens, you just kind of go with the flow. I'm still waiting for that feeling to kick in. I, I, I just, I don't know. I can't see myself as, as anything other than just a visitor, an observer, feels so disconnected from all of this. Well, that's how it starts, you know. And some people take to it more easily than others. Do you feel like when you use your abilities, when you look in the mirror and see the reflections, are you, are you still dreaming? Are you the dreamer? It feels like what I was meant to be, what I was meant to do. I don't feel the dream or the dreamer, I just am. That vision is still bothering me. Mm. And it's not even the fact that it was a vision, it was injected itself into our heads. It's, and he gives a really long look uh, at Kaz as they're somewhere else doing something, maybe speaking with Micah. And Jason kind of just observes them for a moment. I really felt it, you know? the pain and anguish they have in their life. And it, it made me freeze up and I didn't feel like I could get out. And that more than anything else is what scares me is that 
if I do become used to it, these challenges are going to overwhelm me. I want to be strong. I want to be able to help out, but I don't know if I can. Hope is a song that never stops playing. Just sometimes you can't hear it. Jason nods. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the beer. It really did help. Do I take my status off now? You could take your status off. Oh, sorry, uh, Nick, you can also, you have one extra juice. I'm debating between removing that status or giving a permanent plus two status. What would that be? You just cancel Just like out. a hope, the song that never stops. Wouldn't it just cancel? It would, but you would keep the plus two. He wanted you to have more statuses. <laughs> the fear and the despair is still kind of there. But now you have hope that overwhelms it. Yeah. And will stick with you in the future, too. It's a royal of emotion. How wonderful these game mechanics capture that. And even after the fear is gone, you'll still have the hope. While you guys have been talking, um, Tisha's doing something with the gator. <laughs> kind of has been trying to pry the mouth open. Uh, it's pretty hard because it's kind of heavy. And then uh, she, like, sticks her head in a little bit, feeling it out. Has her phone out, like she's going to take a selfie but she can't quite get the angle right. So she uses a little air ball, pushes it away to the right distance, gets her head in the mouth so it looks like it's eating her, and then makes like a freak out face and then takes a picture. Once she's done with that, she's going to head over to the group, walk over to Agave and Kaz, kind of like awkwardly coming over, looking at her our phone kind of like nervously. Kaz is going to move further away from Micah and John if Tisha's going to talk to them. What's up, Tish? Yeah, hey, uh, so, you know, you probably don't want to hear about this, but uh, Lee still really wants to talk to you guys. I feel like you should give him a shot. I mean, you can even use my phone. I figure you guys, like, don't have your same phones anymore. I just thought I'd, uh, I'd uh, mention phone that. Phones are trackable. I don't know if now's a great time. We, we did just, what if, like, more gators came up out of the sewer? You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. Surprisingly, even. You should, you should think it over. Kaz, what, what do you think? I'll think about it. Remind us again when we get out of here, because uh, I sometimes forget, you know? Like, cool, 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 cool. you walk into a room and you're like, why was I here again? And then you're like, oh, yeah, I was supposed to go get something from the store. And then everybody's sad and you know it just it happens tisha's looking very relieved that that conversation went pretty easily <laughs> mm -hmm. anything else you'd like to do i think not right now I okay she's gonna wait sounds good off in the distance dog is still staring at the gator corpse if y'all remember he did a judo slam and then snapped its spine and then mercy killed it with a rock with honor and respect. He's now kneeling at it, looks over at Tish, taking a selfie, and his posture seems quite the opposite, contrite. He turns to face Rob. And Rob, you see the clay features of his face twisting, making an expression without your input. The whole sequence occurs in slow motion. He's learning how to do it for the very first time. The two meaty clay caterpillars of his eyebrows crawl together, bunching up. The lips part. The mouth opens. And you hear his voice. The voice of your son, slow and firm. No. Robert is stunned. 
awashed by sorrowing, frozen by a word. He dreadful, painfully contemplates the wrongdoings of long since come to pass. Dog raises a sculpted clay arm to point at you. His expression is clear now, angry. His fury drives his motions like a thrashing bull, a raging flame. He says, no, no more. I am not a tool anymore. I am not a mindless thing to be used how you see fit. Nor am I an animal, a dog. I'm, I'm, he looks at his hands. And then he swivels his head to look at Kaz. And you know, too, to be used as an instrument of someone else's violence, walking the boundary between life and unlife. No more. Today I live. And with that, he lifts the palm of his large clay hand to his forehead. And with a single determined stroke, he wipes away the 72 letters there. And he turns and walks away outside the radius of the glow stick air ball, where the darkness and the mist quickly close around him. No, 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 I'd like to follow. Oh, shit. <laughs> what would you like to do? I, I don't care what it takes, but I'm following Doug. As he's speaking, I'm moving towards him, mouth agape. Robert sees Dog wipe away the 72 letters. He raises a hand to his own forehead, feels it damp with sweat. The moisture becomes cold, his vision tunnels. The walls damp black stone, polished to a mirror shine. His reflection is featureless, like a man of clay. And Rob collapses to the ground like a sack of sand. He's out cold. John is now following after Dog. I would also like to follow after Dog. Jason was initially going towards Dog, but then once he saw Rob follow, he went back and is trying to help him out a little. Rob is collapsed out cold. Can I rush over to Robert and check for a pulse? Yeah, um, what is the sequence of events here? Let's do a Robert crew and a dog crew. Dog is running out. He's running. Or I guess, no, he's not running. He's turning and walking away. A man of clay walking away. John is running up to dog. Yeah. As he sees you walking up, he holds out a hand and says, don't follow me. Kaz shakes their head. And just like pulls out a notepad and Kaz is just going to write. I'm trying to figure out Kaz basically just wants to reach out to dog. I guess I guess in this situation, Kaz actually just says Kaz has known dog all this time. Kaz Kaz is actually just going to say to him, I I just wanted to say, you know where to find me at the time and tide if you want to talk. Gives him a nod and says, Good luck. And let me know when you figure out your new name. Dog says nothing. Only if you want to, obviously. John's not handling it as well. I think John is afraid that Dog's going to leave, and Dog feels a lot more real to him than any other person in the story that he's interacted with in a long time. And John really wants to see if Dog will let him come with. So what does John say? I think with all the vulnerability that he's ever been able to muster in his voice, he's, he's just going to say, I am sorry. And he's going to try and make a convince roll with kind of a psychic tether to Dog. How's that going to work? All of John's abilities work through us, yeah? Yeah, yeah. It's in part plot. It's a story of throwing off the yoke of 
these puppeteers. And while Dog's puppeteer has been on the same plane as him, John's puppeteer is still yet further away, and he'd like to learn from Dog. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. He'd like to see the future with it, Dog. That sounds more like an investigate role. You want to know where Dog is headed? Or you want to, you want to leave with Dog? I think he wants to be on good terms with Dog. It's not about as much following Dog as it is being friends with Dog. Yeah. Or maybe not that. Maybe for now it is just following Dog. Okay, that's going to delete you from this scene. Fair. So John just going to walk out into the darkness following Dog? Provided that Dog wants that. I think Dog would say, don't follow me. I walk my own path now. Does that mean that nobody else can either? You can make a convince roll. Dog is in an incredible state of emotional turmoil right now. He literally just awoke. Yeah. And I don't know if you I don't know John if you recall when you awoke, yeah. but that wasn't exactly the prettiest picture either. No. So no. I'm going to give Dog a closed off 5 status. Uh, but you can make a convince roll to okay. try to get on Dog's good side. So I think the three relevant tags right now are um, hyper serious because John wants this from the bottom of his heart. Uh, knows when to hide because... He's trying to run away, yep. That's well, no, 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 no. He, 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 he thinks that's not the time to hide right now, and he remembers the trauma of his own awakening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In part, plot lines because he wants to convey to Dog the weight of what John has experienced and convey that he understands how traumatic these awakenings can be. Yep. So you can make a roll with a minus five modifier. Okay. John, I'm going to give you... Oh, never mind. I thought I had a help point. I only have that hurt from last time. Never That's mind. Fair. That's fair. I, if I recall, I think your words were, I love the move, and then you took a minus on me for trying to convince the alligators, which I completely get. Oh! With a minus five, he rolls a ten and gets an eight. That okay. is absolutely insane. Okay. Oh my god. John calls out to Dog, and Dog hesitates in that moment. Out in the darkness, John runs out into the darkness. And Dog, Dog's been around John for a little bit of time. Dog knows what it means for John to risk his own life like this. Dog turns back around, and I think as, as you follow him out, Dog doesn't say anything. He doesn't try to stop you. Not the romantic subline I was expecting, but the one we deserve. Yeah. <laughs> Jason, as he's crouched down next to Robert and watching John and Dog walk off into the darkness, something in his mythos resonates deeply and then fades as the two walk away. Do you think that would crack a Logos in you? No, because, well, Jason already believed that uh, Oh yeah, he was awakened. <laughs> Well, he believed he was a person, so, a whole, so a whole person. So this is just like I was just trying to give you some kind of mechanical reflection of that. Fuck your mechanics. Right. Fair enough. We're all about similitude. We're talking about verisimilitude, motherfucker. Gave rushes over to Robert, who has passed out on the ground. Checks for a pulse. The pulse is definitely there, but it is slow, lethargic. This isn't a prank, right? Because I mean, it, honestly, it would be a pretty good prank. Does anyone have saffron salts or the, the ones that you're not supposed to use a lot? Would you have given Kaz this as something to carry in their saddlebags? Smelling salts? Probably not. Kave <laughs> no. asking other people in the party to provide substances. 
is a bit of a role reversal. I could do it, but you know, I need to. I need to give opportunity for other people. You know, you know what I'm saying. In case anyone's really proud of the fact that they had smelling salts on hand this whole time, just in case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> His pulse is really slow. This doesn't look great. Like, if you pass out, usually your heart isn't like that. You know. Can I investigate to see what happened between he and Dog? Yep. I think that's a great use of your powers. I think he would try to call on Anima Mundi, the connection of living things. As above, so below is like a general tag, the interconnectedness of all things, but I don't know if that's mm -hmm. kind of double, double dipping. I'm going to double dip. If it's a general tag, then you're encouraged to double dip. Okay. Yeah. And observant seems like a natural choice here. Seems completely accurate. I think that's it. Feel free to invoke a weakness tag if you want to get that XP farm, but I will not compel you to. No. Damn, his curiosity is overwhelming. Execute. 13. 13. Hell yeah, with a 10 rolled on the dice. Oh, because curiosity was stronger than the gamer's urge. Let's see. Ask some questions. Um, <laughs> curiosity was stronger than the XP farming greed. I want to know what the relationship between Dog and Robert was spiritually before this happened, and now I want to know how it's how it is now can i kind of see the threads of how this relationship has changed in the spiritual slash magical sense that connects them okay i would accept as a valid question how has the relationship between robert and dog evolved over time okay what do you, what do you think about that i like that oh by the way uh i should have said this up front robert his dog theme cracks and he <laughs> loses dog as a theme yeah. whoa so you don't have that anymore it's gone Yep. I was checking. I was actually in the process of checking the character sheet to see if there was already a theme replacing it. <laughs> what I will reveal is that I do have five build up. Oh, oh, oh. Nice. so much narrative has led to this moment. Um, how has the relationship of Rob and Dog evolved over time? What do you think, Marcus? Dog is someone. Well, stop Rob right there. A lot Dog of is someone. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Well, yes. <laughs> But I'm not going to waste a question on that. You already saw that. <laughs> Robert put a lot of work into Dog, a lot of effort and a lot of love. And he didn't know it yet. But now it was time to let go. I guess what you would see is the thread connecting Robert and Dog that is their connection. It severs. It breaks. And now two distinct strands running into the future. Mm. You don't know where those strands are going, but they're clearly... Where there was one, there's now two. I think Jason felt that resonance as John and Dog walked away together. And his next investigate question is going to be, what is the connection between the story of Dog and the story of John? And I think, oh. I think John can answer here. Or, or That's, no I think that might be a soup question. That's a deep one. Holy shit. I think we need a council of three in the soup right now. What do you think? <laughs> God damn it. Are we doing yeah. a double soup tonight? Shall we dip into the soup? Let's dip in the soup. And this one I'm not ashamed of. We'd go to the soup and not the crawdad hole. Yeah. yeah let's go. I'm allowed in the soup. Wait, am I allowed in the soup? No, the council of three will convene, we will reach a decision, and then we will deliver that decision to you. Fuck! You no say in that. not allowed in the No! The council will decide your fate. 
Um, for those yeah, listening at home, so cool. um, before the episode started, I accidentally joined the soup while Noah and Wei were having a private conversation. I immediately apologized and excused myself to the crawdad hole where my soul was blasted by the winds of perdition for my, my heinous crimes against humanity. And it seems as though the punishment continues. I am no, I'm still not allowed in the soup. Does the audience know what the crawdad hole is? Well, the crawdad hole is a, is, a, is a Discord channel. It's a voice chat that we have in our uh, in our Discord server. This is some inside baseball stuff for you folks at home. Um, I wonder if this is going to stay in the cut. It's absolutely yeah, going to stay in the cut. If you cut this, I'll know. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's post-production way here. Just wanted to say, fuck you, Will. The fans need to know the inside baseball. Okay, so the inside baseball is we have a channel in our Discord, a voice channel called the Crawdad Hole. It's for people who egregiously break some sort of social norm that we have, and they must be relegated to isolation and and torment. The lonely depths of the the hole where there's crawdads, and they they nibble at you with their little their tiny little clippers. They grab your skin and pinch you, and it, it kind of goes owie. Yeah, you gotta listen to the lo-fi beats to crawl that too. It's one of Way's <laughs> most useful tools for authoritarian oppression. It's true. Mm. If there's no carrots, it's only sticks and crawdads in this. We do all room. have mod privileges, though. Like we could just move Way themselves to the crawdad hole at any time. Like you know that, right? <laughs> Wait, what if I moved Way to the crawdad hole right now? <laughs> In the middle of a serious <laughs> Wait, how do I you do that? Do you just drag him. Just drag him. The shenanigans episode. <laughs> because he's going to edit this episode, and then he's going he's, he's gonna to be like, well, that's do that. what yes. I'm trying. Yeah, just drag him. I'm trying. I can't do it. Maybe because he's like... Uh, do you not have mod privileges? No, because I, I was in the crawdad hole, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> The chronicle automatically strips you of all rights. <laughs> oh, I can't do it either. I wonder. I wonder if permissions got changed. Way, way foresaw this. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I just what moved you, what the you know, into, <laughs> just into the that hole. No, I swear. <laughs> You know what Wei said? You know what Wei said? His immediate first words were, don't abuse your mod privileges. I didn't do it, by by the way. That wasn't me. I tried to do it, but I failed. (laughs) The successful... You had some way to prove that. (laughs) There's going to be a little treat anyway. A little little editing way treat. And I was waiting for the exact instant he put you in the crawdad hole so I could also put him in the crawdad hole <laughs> as a punishment for abusing his mod privileges. All right. But he didn't have mod privileges. So, but I, I couldn't let go of the bit, so I just moved both of you in there. Okay. <laughs> what Jason sees is a Venn diagram with three circles. The first circle has John in it. The second circle has Eddie in it, and the third circle is weirdly empty except for a flash of golden light. And you can sense there's something at the center of the Venn diagram. You don't know what that is. There's some kind of 
thing at the center, some some rich meaning at the center of that Venn diagram, and you have no idea what it is. And you think about Rob and dog, and you see Rob is at the center of the dog Venn diagram. And you can sense that these two Venn diagrams are connected. I guess dog is more just a circle. Did that make sense? Is dog Noah's newest character? Is that what just happened? Yeah, boy, we're continuing with the new season, with the new character each season. That's what we're doing. Picture two separate Venn diagrams, right? The first one is a Venn diagram with three circles, Eddie, John, and a flicker of golden light. Something strange is at its center. And then picture a circle with dog, and something is at the center of the dog one, and it's Rob. And those two Venn diagrams depict a relationship that is very similar. Jason takes a couple of steps backwards, just reeling, witnessing that information. On a meta level, the information that John is being blasted with at all times. <laughs> Let's cut him some slack. That's true. John is just endlessly being blasted with this, and then Jason just gets the tiniest taste of it, and just gets absolutely mind-fucked. <laughs> Yeah. John, I'm sorry I was about to call you a fuck. It's an interesting way of still doing it. <laughs> well, it's because this time I'm sorry about it. I'm tr somehow trying to, yeah, answer my mystery. Uh, what unites the disjointed? My question is, can Rob and Dog ever be reconciled? The Venn diagrams start to diverge. Although the Venn diagram containing John and Eddie can never be reconciled, the one containing Rob and Dog can be. You see a unity within the Venn diagrams, but you see a disjointedness across them. And all uh, everyone else sees is as Jason is crouching by Robert uh, and look, peering off into the distance after John and Dog, you see a brief sort of halo disc uh, appear behind his head and his eyes glow golden briefly for a second and then fade away. Jason uh, shakes his head, sighs, and looks down at uh, Rob. He's lost something. Huge. Something very important to him. Like his gallbladder? <laughs> I think Dog was, was a really important person to him and obviously they have a very really complicated relationship, but I think it's been really harmed by what's happened here. There's a lot of pain. Well, Dog went from non-existent to wanting things, so that's that definitely checks out. Well, I mean, sure, he didn't talk a lot before, but I wouldn't call him. I just think, you know, he was like, enough is enough. He couldn't take it anymore, so he spoke up. Man, now I feel bad. Did anyone else just think he was like a big hunk of clay? <laughs> well, he, he didn't have any desires until very recently. Gave has a keen sense of everybody's immediate desires, and... That would be like a flood of new information. You suddenly sense all of this emotion from something that was once a void. I think you predominantly sense confusion. Yeah. He doesn't know what he wants. But he knows that he no longer wants for nothing. Cool. Very relatable. Anyway. He wants to want. He wants to want. Do you think he can be woken up safely, or is this like uh, he's died so dog can live kind of scenario? What, what are we working with here? Kaz comes back because Kaz like turned around. All Kaz did was say that to dog, and then they turned around and left immediately. They just wanted 
dog to know. He could come talk to them. Kaz is just going to like shake their head and sign to Agave that Robert's not dead. He's breathing, at least. Do we just want to stay here and wait for him to wake up again? Or do we, do we want to try slapping him? What's the vibe? Tisha's going to go in for a little slap. <laughs> just a little smack. Smack him a little bit. It doesn't do anything. Just head lolls over to the side. Kaz signs to Agave. No, this is the way he always looks when he sleeps. That makes sense. Is that true, by the way? I said that for the bit, but is that true? Uh, yes, he does look like he's just peacefully sleeping. Remember the night where Kaz just, like, sat there while Robert <laughs> slept? Yeah, because they don't have to sleep, so instead of doing anything, they just sat there looking at him the whole night? No, they read through some technical manuals and some motorcycle magazines. But they did watch, watch him sleep for a significant amount of time. Maybe we let him sleep? How are we going to move him, though? Like, Dog was our main... This is not a good place to sleep. I think we really should wake him up. This is a potentially dangerous place to be. I agree. Could, like, airlift him. Because signs, I can His carry him. sleep is not physical. I think it's spiritual. He is disconnected from his body in the spiritual. Kaz is gonna become incorporeal really quick at the direct line. He's detached from his body because we established that like the spirit realm is the same across different mythos. So they're just gonna check real quick if they can tell if Robert's having like an out-of-body experience. Kaz, if you see his ghost, shove it back into his body, okay? Okay, sign. You're looking for an out-of-body experience here. We're trying to grab his soul and shove it back in his body. Yeah, I'm trying to check that his soul's still in there. Can Kaz see souls? Kaz doesn't have any tags for that. I feel like... I could, I could tell if you were hanging out in this room outside of your body, maybe. I think the answer to this is that Kaz doesn't see anything. Yeah, what do you that's think, the answer yeah. I was expecting. I think Kaz just sees Robert peacefully sleeping. Yeah. The shadow realm contains nothing of interest. Kaz is then just going to heft him up over their shoulder. Could we strap him to the motorcycle? Again, the shadow cycle cannot take corporeal riders. Why not just carry him? <laughs> Kaz is just carrying him. Micah's going to go look and see if he could help. His gut reaction and the reason he hasn't tried yet is because it doesn't seem like something he could heal, but... I don't know, maybe I could grow his sense of self like a crop. Water the fertile fields of his soul. Can I uh, change the game and assist here? How would you like to assist? What does it appear to Jason that Micah is trying to do exactly? Either physically or spiritually or with his powers or not? It seems like Micah is trying to figure out if he can use his powers to like invigorate the vague concept of life within Robert. And your power is you're going to specifically use things that, that grow things and nurture them? In a metaphorical sense, like he's just going to try to do his... How about we do that in a liter literal sense, my guy? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of does in a literal sense. Like his ability that heals people is based on growth based on spring and the fertility of living things. Here's what Jason is going to do. He's going to see Micah's powers, these healing, nurturing rains, 
that come and wash away impurities and also nurture growth have not just a physical use, right? Everything has a resonance in the physical and the spiritual and the mental planes. And he's going to turn to Micah and say, your power, you can use it to heal him. And I want to reach out to him and connect with him with as above, so below, and show him those threads that I was able to show people before. And I also want to use the future as green and inspire hope that he can use his powers for something even greater than just healing things. And I also want to use uh, nurturing growth because as a gardener, he's constantly like convincing things to grow stronger and yeah. shaping them in that way. It's a beautiful harmony between this and Micah's mythos question. Am I creating a wasteland or fertile ground? I was about to say that like it's a counterpoint to the earlier experience with Kaz is coming up of like simultaneously this is something that hurts people sometimes that I can't always use to help but this is also something that can help people in deeper ways than he thought. 11. All right, Micah, you can do an incidental plus 3 with this roll. Boom. This okay. Boom, nice. get it. Get it, my guy. Is this cycle of weakness or cycle of power? Because in some ways, I feel like I could like see either being like totally appropriate. That's why I'm going to not make a decision and leave it completely up to you. There's one it. weakness and the other strength. A strength. Yeah. Time. Cycle invoke of weakness. them both. I don't think invoking both makes any sense. They are directly antithetical to each other. They're both cycles. Okay. okay. If you force me to one decide... Is... No, I, I think they're both cycles, oh. and he's only allowed to use both of them when he's on a bike. So true. <laughs> well, um, maybe one of them is going. One one of them's waxing, and one of them's waiting. I think cycle of power, because this is like Micah was feeling a little like down and out about his powers. You know, you just got that fade I think on you one of them. Indulge greed and take them. Invoke the weakness. Mm, but I already I have a weakness invoked, and like. I, it's mostly that taking the weakness, I feel like, undercuts this, like, moment that's happening, you know? Like, this yeah, feels like yeah, Jason really lifting Don't listen to Marcus. Micah up. Yeah, so I'm going to say Psycho Fire. I'm going to say Jason is helping push this into the cycle of power. Beautiful. 12. That is a 12. So why don't you describe what these reins look like? Is Kaz still holding Robert? Kaz switched from having him over their shoulder to kind of like cradling him in their arms. Princess Carrie. Yeah. Micah like kind of walks up, cracks his knuckles, cracks his neck, whole thing, kind of looks at Kaz, meets their eyes for a sec before putting both hands on Robert, feeling this realization Jason has given him. Clouds start to like appear all around him dense foggy kind of situation around him kaz and robert and then it looks like sunlight kind of coming through those clouds as they're just turning the slight the slightest gray right it's not like an angry storm there's this very gentle rain coming down in these clouds it's very heavily obscured from everybody a warm rain yeah. Nourishing rain. Everyone probably just sees like water kind of trickling out of this area of obscurement before the clouds dissipate. 
Robert is you know covered in water that's kind of starting to drip off him, return to normal. Yeah, it dries supernaturally fast. As that happens, you get the feeling that you are watering a field that is already fully saturated. You're trying to heal something that is not in need of healing. Hmm. The water maybe doesn't dry off. The water maybe runs and there's nothing to absorb it. It like slicks to him and he becomes damp. Uh, can I... And another damp nerd down here. Let's go. It's to replace the one we've lost. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. true. I'm proud to be the stand-in damp nerd. <laughs> Am I still creating effects? Does Do things happen? I would say... We just had two baller rolls. Come on. Give us a little, little, give us a little juice like, there. Can I wake him up? Can I wake our man up? I don't think he's capable of being woken up at the moment. I don't think I can be woken up, but we could use the juice for something different but appropriate. Yeah, like, can I, I understand why he is not able to be woken up if yeah, that's what I was spiritual trying. fields yeah, are we'll just recycle the juice. That's what I was trying to describe to you, was that mm -hmm. you're watering a field that is fully saturated. So, mm -hmm. in other words, there is no healing to be done here. And also, he's totally fine. He hasn't been hurt by this happening. <sighs> Okay, um, that's an interesting question. I would say bodily, certainly not. Yeah. Um, but it, it's like I'm sure he's like, going to be bummed out about it. I guess it's like I thought unclear. the connecting move that Jason did was to like change the healing from physical to spiritual or something, right? Yeah, that's what I was trying to do. The state Robert is in is not induced by damage. And so it can't be healed. It's something else. Outside of the game, I'm telling you, this is Rob's five points of buildup being spent. Uh, right? So, like, Rob is going through a whole transformation right he's, now. He's oh, he's in his cocoon phase, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's in the yeah that's true. Yeah. It's going to be a beautiful butterfly, Robert. There's nothing to be healed. He's fine. Yeah, then I think Micah just kind of looks at everyone and says that. Like, he doesn't need to be healed. And I don't think there's a way to. Instead, what's going to happen is he's going to create this, like, cocoon of his own saliva around himself, dissolve his entire body, and then reform into a greater, more beautiful version of himself. And I'm saying, like, oh, yeah. like Robert was, like, a 7 before. He's going to be, like, a 12 when he comes nice. out of this cocoon. Like, a really strong chin. <laughs> I have a really <laughs> vivid shot in my mind of Micah kneeling down, and Micah's kind of at the center of the shot, and Robert's passed out body is on one side of the shot, and the camera slowly pans back. And as we pan back, we see the corpse of the alligator on the other side of Micah's kneeling form, and we see that dichotomy in, in stark contrast, the fertile ground on one side and the wasteland on the other. Should we maybe call Eddie? Because like we're down three people. And... Uh, do your cell phones work down here? I I, I haven't. Had oh, I don't have one. No service. I think we just go take him to bed. And Kaz pulls Robert back over their shoulder and starts walking. Starts walking? walking the other way. Back up. I think to most Man efficiently and interestingly get uh, Eddie. Jason would have to act on player knowledge that I have, but uh, character knowledge that he does not. We had John walking back, and I think John could fetch Eddie while John is leaving the labyrinth. That'd be really convenient. 
It would yeah. be really convenient. That would be just like John. Don't we want to take? Don't we want Robert to be in bed? That we need to. Don't we need to leave so we can get Robert to a safe place? There's a scene I really want to do right now. As John is walking after Dog, he's walking outside of the protection of the crew and the glow stick air ball. And oh, no. I believe Nick had a scene. Oh no. <laughs> Oh, so no. Nick, could you could you oh, um, no. could you remind us what the context of this scene is, please? So a little while ago, John was trying to look into Agave in relation to the father, I believe, trying to get a little insight, a little history, a little investigation. And sometimes when you look into the void, the void looks back into you. We had a little bit of Kaz's trauma coming in. John's going to get a little bit of Agave trauma on the way out. The crayon is almost down to the stub. You glance up at the couch for reference. It's one of the few objects in the sparse apartment that isn't a plant. You ran out of green ages ago. What do you have there, my little flower? A woman leans over you, your mother. Her green eyes catch the light and she smiles at you warmly. You hold up the half-complete drawing. Is it a dog? Before you can correct her, there's a familiar reverberating shake. You snatch the crayon and the paper and bolt up, already knowing what's to come. Her face has drained completely of color. It's time for the hide-and-quiet game. You hate this game, and you hate the man that comes up the narrow metal staircase because you always have to play it when he does. You dart to the kitchen and climb into the cupboard near the sink. You wonder how long you'll have to wait this time. Through the tiny crack between the cupboard doors, you see the man storm into the kitchen and grab a beer from the fridge, while your mother follows, berating him. That woman came to me again, claiming to be your wife. Have you been lying to me? The man cracks the can open and chugs it in one go. What do you want? I'd give anything for you to shut up. Your mother leans to one side, arms crossed. Do you swear by- ah, Convenient train horn. The man waves her off. Yeah, whatever. Javier, she had wedding photos. Who the fuck are you? She spits in his face. Javier doesn't react. His visage is a storm cloud. She uncrosses her arms and reaches a hand out to wipe away the spit. I just want to know the real you. The real me, eh? Well, fuck. I swore I would. You look outside the window, where clouds roll gently overhead. Suddenly, the soft sun rays are eclipsed by light pouring out of the man. Just as suddenly the light stops and the apartment is flung into a haze. Your mother is screaming. You hear her knees hit the floor, followed by a rough shove. Stupid bitch. Followed by receding footsteps. Through your mother's wails, you hear him whisper. That whore has messed with me for the last time. The front door slams. Your eyes are fixed on her face. Her face has become blistered and red. The empty sockets where her eyes used to be stare at you through the viewing slit. She reaches a hand up to touch her face where the skin sloughs off. Her screams become hiccuped sobs cut by broken laughter. You sit and you wait. Wait for her to say the game is over. I'd like John to make a face danger roll. I'd like John to stop holding back. Let's go! <laughs> John is going to be tired of false narratives and lies trying to impact his life. And also the suffering that's imparted on his plane from higher levels just for the sake of it. So he's going to try and deny this. So we are trying to just blast John with emotional torment 
And what he's trying to say is like, fuck you. This is fake. This is all bullshit. You cooked up to entertain yourselves. Yeah, yeah. He's he's tethering himself with the knowledge of his everyday life, his nine to five, and how that's just imaginary. Like, he's not actually qualified. This is all made up. This is all just bullshit. There's three tiers of stop holding back. The first mm -hmm. is significant, then no return, and then ultimate. I would say mm -hmm. this is significant. It's not going to impact the narrative that much. It's mostly just for John's own benefit, so go ahead. Okay. Cool. You achieve what you were trying to do. So you crack or fade. Crack is for logos. Fade is for mythos. And you burn all the tags on one theme. I'm going to burn everything on non-profit office. So, There's a lot of shit on non-profit office. <laughs> Sorry. What this, what this represents is John walking out of the labyrinth, and we're, like, emptying the clip at him. We're trying to fucking toast this guy alive. And he's like, this is all bullshit. This is total garbage. Was John able to hear the bit crushed fire sound effect that came through Noah's mic? <laughs> oh, yeah, he absolutely was. <laughs> like six times, like really awkwardly just burning all of the tags on his thing. <laughs> so funny to me. Feeling less capable with each burning tag. <laughs> each bit of kindling tossed onto the fire. Yeah, that's the real punishment is that he has to listen to that monotonous nonsense <laughs> oh, God. he is currently denying his own reality as not being real which is interesting this is such a significant moment yeah. for john because john is someone who's taken such pride in his work this is someone whose entire identity is based in the nonprofit office he works for as a historical building restorationist and a legal expert and what he's choosing to do the price of shrugging this off is to say all of that work, yeah, that's meaningless too. The only way the other thing can be meaningless is if this core aspect of my identity is also meaningless. And it's not only that, he's walking away from a job assigned to him by mm. that nonprofit office to pursue a story that he doesn't know the ending of with Doc. Wow. Yeah, you can all admire my majesty in story writing. Just a moment of stunned silence. It's not just you know, it's the interaction. It's the interaction yeah. between yeah. the minds. It's not no, you know, it's John. Fuck you, Noah. Yeah, it's all John's doing. And if it's not, he's just doing your story like you want him to. Okay, we're going to take a quick break here. So I think we should have a brief scene after John stop holding back where... He contacts Eddie. Or maybe we don't need to have that scene. What do you think? Any scene where John is, is talking to Eddie, I, I really enjoy. I enjoy those scenes a lot where, where John is just where talking John to Eddie. John is talking to Eddie. Yeah, I do like it. Specifically, it's, there's no, like, even, like, cut-ins with the narrator, like, describing things happening. It's just, like, 30 straight minutes of, of John <laughs> talking to Eddie would be actually kind of awesome. I completely agree with that. Let's the, do that. Uh, the narrative juiciness of denying John's will of what to do and just say he does an action and narrate it, you know? I'm joking, obviously. Maybe someday. Maybe someday. Just we'll to get... uh, just to frame this. Noah, are you here? Yeah. <laughs> he is, but he's not, he's not answering just because... Uh... 
Noah, don't leave me. <laughs> what are the narrative implications of John being here, but Noah isn't? We've actually talked about this already in we this have podcast. These today. Oh, have the we really? Of such a thing. Yeah. Right at the, uh, I think part of like when you guys went down to the soup, one of those. Yeah, times. you were just oh. not here, Marcus. We decided that it's a paradox that's fixed if uh, Noah simply listens to the episodes. We told John a lot of secrets. Totally. Totally a bunch of secrets. If Noah doesn't listen to the episodes, yeah, it's kind of weird, but... Would that then mean that John canonically knows things that Noah doesn't? I would love that. Yes. Honestly, uh, I would, would genuinely be, love that. that would be sick. I think you should cut out what I'm about to say. Fuck Noah. I mean, that's Hi, fair, Noah. But... Hello. One day I'll just go to... And wrestle him away from his keyboard for a while. Here, here, I'll I'll leave. No, don't leave. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Like, That's the last the thing game. I want. You That's can blame us all. the soup. He gets. Oh no, he went. To Come the back here. <laughs> Very briefly, went into. Oh, imagine getting just dipped in the soup. <laughs> Ren just grabbing Noah by the scruff of his neck and yanking him back in here. <laughs> Still soup drenched. With a soup dripping from his toes. I do like the idea that uh, anytime we put someone into the soup, we just like dip them in there and they come right back. That's the piece of crusty bread. Yeah. I have been described as crusty and bread. So I think that's accurate. Yeah. All right, bread. Allow me to Who's frame this. Uh, I think he meant B R E A D. That's nasty, no, right? No, no, what no, the no, fuck? no. I, meant, I meant like a stud horse. Like... <laughs> <laughs> no always looking real breedable these days. Wait, what? I zoned out and I don't know where no, we're at. No, going through a submissive oh, and breedable Oh my god. <laughs> you know, he was talking about it. He was talking about calling Will. Is that, is that in the episode? If we reference that, does Wei have to go add it into like, the episode? Guys, this isn't news. Wei is just seeing into his own future here. It's just like, this is just shit that I'm going to have to listen to again. <laughs> Cut out. This is another 15 minutes of my life that I'll never get back. I blame Noah. That is my default move. And I, I blame Noah's breedability. <laughs> Submissive, breedable, and honestly fertile, my dude. <laughs> Dude, I'm like the fucking Euphrates. I am emphasis on the fucking. Like the cradle of civilization. Oh. So to frame this scene, I would like a scene of John telling Eddie to come back. Oh, uh, I need a favor from you, also, John. Tell Eddie they shouldn't bring Robert out of the labyrinth. They should just carry him around with them. Okay, John's gonna ask Marcus how to do this. Uh, Marcus is gonna ask Noah how to do this. Oh, fuck me. Just stay with your seer powers, dude. Yeah, you have the ultimate bullshit excuse. Yeah, but no one believes that. We've... No, everybody yeah, believes okay. you have seer powers. The thing is, you have to convince Eddie. That seems like something you can do for some reason. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair, fair. Okay, so, um, John's gonna send Eddie a text. Dog and Robert had a falling out. Robert is ill and needs to stay in the labyrinth. Also, I have seer powers. I don't think I've ever mentioned that to you before, but uh, now you're going to find out. And Dog is not a dog. He's, he's a wonderful clay man. Uh, you don't have to explain that part. Eddie already knows that. 
Eddie was the first one on board with that. Oh, yeah, dude. Eddie's just down with it. I love Eddie. Eddie's a homie. And Eddie's going to send back, is dog okay? And I do want to establish, whenever Eddie refers to dog, it's with an A-W-G. <laughs> he thinks that's just what they call him. Yeah. Um, okay. What does John text back? John's going to ask Marcus, is dog okay? Doesn't seem like dog's okay. That's a loaded question at the moment, I'm going to be honest. Tough to answer. Yeah. He's okay as he can be given his circumstances, I think. John's going to text Eddie saying, like, Dog having a bit of a mental health crisis right now. And Robert having a physical health crisis right now. Maybe you've got a suggestion? And Eddie's going to be yeah, like... Yeah, Robert is completely fine. He's just sleepy. Yeah, but John is not going to let Eddie know that. Instead, he's going to focus on Dog's well-being. And he's going to be like, Dog might need some support right now. And Eddie's going to be like, okay, here's my address. My parents ought to be at home. Just explain the situation to them. They'll know. Dog, I've spoke to them a lot about him. And friends are always welcome at my house. I'll look after uh, Robert and make sure that he's okay. And then I'll meet you guys there. And then I'm going to go into the labyrinth. Perfect. As he is going into the labyrinth, He's going to see Kaz rounding the corner with Robert on their back. As Kaz rounds the corner, carrying Robert, Kaz is going to see a wheelchair that wasn't there when you came in. Very well-made wheelchair. The silver frame made with less material than you might expect, but still very sturdy looking somehow. It is exactly the size of Robert. Is Robert canonically like a really big guy? Not particularly, no. Robert is an average-sized guy. Hey, Eddie, any idea why this is here? I don't want to just take someone's wheelchair. I can't tell if this is magic stuff or if this is just someone's wheelchair. It would be really nice to have a way to take Robert around, but... Not going to just steal someone's wheelchair. Yeah, of course. Considering the living conditions down here, I, I don't think that we can take that risk. Also, generally for triage, I don't think that you're supposed to move the person. So we can can we lay Robert down on the floor? He's okay. There wasn't anything to heal. It's spiritual. Apparently, there's nothing wrong with him whatsoever. Huh. He just needs to rest a while, I guess. I was thinking I'd take him up, but you guys still got the string. Yeah. Good. Make sure that you hold on to that. Make sure it's intact. Uh, Is Kaz right alone? Did, like, no, we're, we're here too. Yeah, like everybody's kind of behind Kaz. I was told to keep Robert in the labyrinth and that he, he's going to undergo some sort of transformation. But also, you guys know that John guy a hell of a lot more than I do. I just never seem to be in the same room as the guy sometimes. Does that sound like something that he would know about? He's kind of a dick, but... Yeah, I did get that impression. He's, uh... He knows what he's talking about. Hmm. Most of the time. Most of the time, he's honest, but there have been times he's... Oh, manipulated people for his own ends? Manipulated people for his own ends and lied to us about it. Seemed like before he was maybe just trying to help, but isn't that what everybody does when they manipulate you? Well, everybody thinks they're doing... <sighs> Anyway, trust him with a grain of salt. He knows things that are 
impossible to know, but I don't know if he always uses them, right? Eddie's gonna file that under people to take caution around. He's gonna examine Robert. Is there any shifting energy, like that sort of thing? By all readings, he's fine. He looks completely fine. He looks very healthy. Okay. Now, I can't help but notice this wheelchair. Should we... Maybe we should examine it. it maybe... It contrasts starkly with the drabness, the dank of the walls. It is brand new. The silver is polished to a shine, and the craftsmanship is of superior quality. Okay, so here's my suggestion. Why don't we borrow this for now, but we won't move from this place until Rob's feeling a little bit better, and then if he comes to, and it is his, maybe he can let us know, or if it's somebody else's, we'll just leave it here. What if he fuses with the wheelchair and becomes like a half-man, half-wheelchair thing? I'm not sure he'll wake up anytime soon. Wheelchair centaur. Wow, this is just like in our other campaign that we play. <laughs> what? Damn, that campaign sounds awesome. We could leave a note, and I guess I could take it back pretty quick if somebody needed it here. But they wouldn't have any way to contact us. Yeah, what, what do they do when they get here? I say we uh, don't look a gift chair in the mouth and just keep on heading down with them. What could go wrong? We stole somebody's mobility aid that they needed. It's obviously like a magic chair. If only someone had a way to inspect it to make sure it was magic. Not to sound callous or anything, but if there's just a wheelchair around, that sort of implies that the person who may have been using it earlier doesn't need it. I mean, I I, I just... We just peer through the mist of this chair and then put Robert in it. Like, I'm, <laughs> I was trying to play the story. But no. You don't have to put Robert in the chair if you don't want to. You can do whatever you want with this chair. The chair is there. You can do whatever you want with it. Right, I'm going to kick the chair into the water, and then we're just going to throw Robert into the canal as well. Like, Jesus. Yeah, I think we should take the chair and carry Robert and not put him in the chair. Agave <laughs> <laughs> just, like, rode around in the chair as, like, a fun toy. Yeah, like, what if, what if they just the wanted coin? to learn how to do a wheelie? We flipped the coin. Oh, you do have, you do have that coin. That is not the time. I think it is the exact right time to be using that coin way. Actually agree. I think it's the perfect time to use the coin. But you gave the coin to Micah, so Micah can do whatever he wants with his coin because that's his item that he has total control over. Oh no. <laughs> oh yes. I would like to just pause real quick and ask Micah, what are your thoughts on this whole situation? The chair was there. It, was, it wasn't there a moment ago. Now it's there. They're having this whole discussion about taking somebody's mobility aid. What is your response? What are you thinking? It seems obvious to me for some reason that this chair being here is like a weird, he just kind of like arcs lightning back through his hands. Like, you know, like that kind of part of that. But, but on the other hand, is it worth the I risk? I don't want to take someone's wheelchair. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> we can't, we can't take somebody's wheel. That's fucked. That's fucked. I have sat in meetings with unions to make sure factories are in ADA compliance. I can't take a wheelchair. Yeah, this is really messed up. I stay here, here. We want to go back to the CCT, print out some flyers, and post them up along. 
the labyrinth saying that, that we found a wheelchair <laughs> or if the yeah if, if this wheelchair belongs to you paul so wait do we take it with us or do we leave it here and print flyers because if we leave it here what if they can't find their way back because of the weird labyrinth thing that's a good point that's a good point so we'll take the wheelchair but we can't let robert leave the labyrinth so we'll leave robert we'll leave robert we'll take the wheelchair we'll print why can't we let robert leave the labyrinth because the weird guy in a suit said so yeah um, yeah because that jackass was... He uh, knows things that people can't understand, like zoning laws. He's just going to take the wheelchair and just run off with it. <laughs> <laughs> so Tisha's just grabbing the chair and sprinting into the darkness. Hey, Emma, why don't you... This is actually a fun hide-and-seek game. You can actually run off into the maze and then people will have to find you. <laughs> no... Our mutual unconscious friend with us. All right, it has all to right. defend him from Gators. No, nope, it's already happened. Let's okay. boogie people. Okay, uh, Tisha, run. Does Tisha say anything as she just grabs the let's chair? And... Go! No! No! <laughs> Tisha got so bored. She just started yelling and ran away. Cat is going to like. Kind of hold. Who's that? Who that belongs to? <laughs> Come back! We need to take pictures of it so we can put on the flyers. <laughs> Cass is gonna hold out Robert's unconscious body towards like Eddie and Micah, and kind of like gesture for one of them to take it. Take yeah, him. Yeah. He's not dead yet. So Eddie's going to grab the Kaz is on the motorcycle going after Tish. Kaz knows that they're the only person who can catch up to Tish easily. Beautiful. Let's do a chase scene. Kaz. Sail chair and a motorcycle. (laughs) (laughs) Escalated very quickly. As Tish vanishes, she's like surfing on it. Like one foot on the chair and one foot on the back part. Oh, so cool. Also, Chris, I demand that you... I and the unconscious body of, of Robert, the three of us chase after them just as a formality. <laughs> this is a formality. No one's expecting you to catch these two. Yeah. But God. you can't just not go after a friend. Agave's holding the string. We're holding, we're holding Robert. And the four of us need to catch you up to our friends who don't have a string. Kaz, do you have your tags invoked? Yeah. Emma, what are your tags, please? I'm trying to decide if I even want to not be caught or if I'm just trying to get people to follow me. You know? I personally am of the opinion that Tish thinks of this as like a fun little race. Yeah. Tish also knows that she needs to put her all into it so Kaz doesn't immediately nah. catch up. I don't want everyone else yeah. to get left behind, though. Hey, we've we'll got see. the string. We're going to be fine. Getting lost in the mythos of... Oh yeah, that's true. How about this? Taking over and pulling you pulling a prank. If you go full force and just try to get away as fast as possible, you'll gain attention on your mythos. And if you don't, you crack your mythos. Ah, okay. (laughs) Trying to decide if cleithrophobia would trigger here. You're in a labyrinth, viciously assaulted by visions of 
yeah horrible childhood afraid of being trapped last time i was in this labyrinth i couldn't get out without help even though i had a guy with me tish as you're basically just going as fast as possible surf flying on this wheelchair you look down and you notice little wings and a spoiler have appeared on the chair Whoa. Oh, yeah. A spoiler? Don't look at, we haven't read that part oh. yet. <laughs> the little doodad that makes uh, things faster. That's how it works. Yeah. You just pop a spoiler on there, it's automatically. It's like a wing. Yeah, basically like a wing that pushes you down so that you have more, oh. like, more control. Like a foil kind of thing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like an airfoil that makes yeah. cars perform better. That's sick. This thing is literally flying. Okay, so you're going to fly off. I'm just going to move you all the way over here. Little did we know that this is actually Tisha's wheelchair. (laughs) Kaz just rips on the motorcycle. It's kind of dark, so it's kind of hard to see. Tish, like, just flew out of the radius of the glow stick airball. Cool. So I lost Tish? Yep. Here's something funny, though. I would like to um, trigger my new ability. Oh. <laughs> Ain't no mountain high enough. And I would like to arrive in Tish's scene. Oh my god. What the? What the? What the? What? I could go anywhere oh, in this video. I could have just said, I would like to start a scene. <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait. Can we just like go in a straight line towards my voice and like travel through the walls and then end up where I'm about to be? Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what happens. <laughs> but um, I'm going to do more than that. I'm not just going to show up there. The ability is really fun if the villain is monologuing. Tish is taking the joyride, and you hear the, the inevitable, that muted ghost sound of the Shadow Cycle engine coming up, and Kaz is just going to pull up right beside you. Wait, that's not what happens. Hang on. The rest of us, I think, are preparing the Heaven 7 Centaur mode. Eddie's trying to instruct everybody to get into position. He wants Micah to hold Robert's arms, and he's holding Robert's feet. And then he's like talking to Gave, like like really trying to hype Gave up to run really, really quickly with everybody else. Come on, come on! Do you want to lose to these guys? Do you want to really be shown up by these two clowns who are trying to separate us right now? We've got the string, and we need to make sure that they're okay. And you've been through thick and thin. You don't want to lose Kaz now. Are you saying we we could lose Kaz here, and Kaz wouldn't be okay? Yeah, that's the problem. So we gotta go. We gotta go. By the way, uh, Micah hasn't like met Eddie before, right? Does Micah does Micah enjoy going to jazz clubs? Do you think as a way to blow uh, steam? He might have been in one once or twice, so he might have like seen Eddie before, maybe. But he, I can say it's doubtful he would like recognize him. So just in the middle of all this, he's gonna be like, uh, "Hi, I'm uh, Micah." By the way, nice to meet you. While he's just holding like Roberts, just shake the Robert between the two of you. <laughs> you each shake one of Robert's hands as a transitive handshake. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Do we have an idea for this Kaz Tish prank? I think it's just going to be something that's very much like an empty little classic prank, by which I mean I'm going to supernaturally summon a banana peel. (laughs) If you're doing a prank, I feel like it should have something to do with your head. Like, it's gotta be... You know, that's a great point. See, that's that's the thing, though. That's the thing, though. Because I never said it would end with the banana peel. There's almost certainly a banana in your saddlebags if you need a physical banana. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Good to know. Suddenly, um, Mario Kart. 
I try not to you make things up. Your potassium. The only thing I had in there was a pizza on the the sheet. So, if you want to just make some additions, Nick, just tell me. Um. Anyway, brief flashback of Agave peeling a banana for Kaz. You got to eat your potassium. Kaz, like, where where am I going to put this? <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> I have an extra dimensional storage solution. God. Okay. So, should I make a roll here? My goal is to make Tish trip. I want the wheelchair to comedically slide out and swerve under Tisha's feet and for Tish to start falling over and then probably start to catch herself. And that's when the second part comes in, you know? That is yeah. when Kaz is going to throw their head at Tish and put Tish in a position where she needs to catch the head while trying not to fall over <laughs> off of the wheelchair. If this is how Tish dies... It's an 11. You pull a banana peel, fling it with incredible precision directly in front of Tish. Tish swerves, and the first thing Tish sees is Kaz's head flying towards her. So Tish now has to catch that. All right. So go ahead and invoke your tags. Yeah. Cumbersome is definitely going to be a weakness. Trying to juggle the bag. Get that attention farm. That's so good. That literally means... Physically catching Kaz's head has improved your abilities. <laughs> if Tish fails to catch Kaz's head, does Kaz's head just roll off into the darkness? No, no, it doesn't. But we'll get to that if it happens. Kaz's head has, oh, it has augments. Yeah, it has <laughs> I have so many tricks up my sleeves. I think I'm realizing that I'm not going to be able to catch it, and I'm going to try to make a force field so I don't get hit with it. <laughs> it's not going to hurt. It's like oh a little, God. it's a wimpy toss. It's not like a chuck. It's like I'm passing well, you a basketball. You are riding full speed on the shadow cycle, though, as you're throwing it. No, I'm not. So I, don't know I just that... arrived at the scene in that way. way. I am smoothly coming uh, out of a wall right now. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Ooh, things get messy. I was hoping that would happen. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> it's going to be the choice between two incredibly cool things. Option one is Tish catches it with like one hand, plucks it from out of the air deftly, and she should get some kind of reward for that. And then smashes into the wall right after. <laughs> <laughs> right after. Yeah. That's pretty Tish's funny. reward is suffering. Oh, no. <laughs> Why have we done this? I'm like swerving, pluck the head out of the air look back at Kaz, a laugh, like, I got it! And just smash his face. <laughs> Can that be the same wall I was still kind of like halfway in and incorporeal, and I just kind of like try and catch Tish? Like, she just barrels Yeah, but you have no vision. Into... You can't, your headless body is like, how are you going to catch it? You can't see it. I love the idea that Peach if, makes this wily uh, coyote style like collision with the wall and then very belatedly Kaz's arms close after Tish is already on the floor. That's the point, Wes. It's a super huge delay. It's, it's not like it's not like I'm just like snatching her. It's like she's just crashing into me. Yeah. Instead of a hard wall. Okay. You know? You crash into each other. I soften the blow. <laughs> Your body? Oh, God. <laughs> it's like motorcycle leather, I guess. That's the texture you feel. I didn't exactly envision Kaz's body as soft. It's softer than a Well, you wall. obviously have not been listening to our Patreon exclusives. <laughs> <laughs> Do we face danger, way? Ah, Make a face danger roll as you collide tags? into each Did other. Did you just use 
Oh boy. Yeah, this is another I linked. This is a double link. Use my protective tag. <laughs> oh. Well, yeah, that was the hard bargain. The reward was you got a sick <laughs> catch. You can either get a positive status for that, or you can get a um an attention for that. Oh, uh, I want to get choice. an attention. Maybe runs on adrenaline. Yeah. Harmony between Mythos and Logos. All right, make a face danger roll. <laughs> I feel like parkour would actually help here because yeah, part of parkour is like learning how to break falls yeah, whole, on hard oh, surfaces. Yeah. That's so cool. Oh, the floor is lava because I'm not on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> we should have player-player combat more often, guys. I, we're getting so much attention from this. <laughs> That's true. I do genuinely think that these are some of the coolest moments in all the City of Mist. Yeah, I love this scene right now. <laughs> this scene's great. Oh. All right. You can take a wall bash one status. All right. I guess it would be Kaz bashed. <laughs> so running straight into Kaz's headless body. Shredded abs one. <laughs> Shouldn't that be dynamite? Is yours? Yeah, I got a 12. You reflect your status or you bolster your defenses. You take an appropriate ongoing tier one status of your choice, describing your improved defenses. Okay, I'll take a plus one status. Okay, what does that represent? Soft leather. Comedic victory. <laughs> <laughs> I made my mythos okay, happy. Yeah. I made my mythos really happy. Yeah. Yeah, you should take an attention as well. Fuck yeah. Although, do you think your logos would crack from that? I hope not. I'll do anything to protect the people I This would be the absolute funniest <laughs> time for that to happen. You doing that is what pushes you over the edge. <laughs> That's fascinating. I did go out of my way. When you think about it, I am protecting her by teaching her the harsh realities of life. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. tough love. She needs to know she can't do that. I also okay. did yeah. tank. Okay. I did I'll tank her to my face. The five stooges back here are still <laughs> hustling on their little human legs, trying to catch up to the mayhem. Shit, you got me, man. Kaz is patting Tish on the shoulder and says, don't try to run from me, dude. I feel like I can get faster. There's always room for improvement next time. Do you point out the little spoiler and the wings on the chair? Oh, yeah. Look at this magic. This thing's magical. Pretty cool. Oh, well, that solves the problem of whether we stole someone's wheelchair. Do you want your head back? <laughs> it's kind of like talking to you like, <laughs> from my lap. <laughs> How are you talking to her? Are you holding them out like this? Kaz just like reaches out, palms their own head like a basketball, like one hand on the helmet, and puts it on, grins at you. I look forward to it, Tish. That's so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that laugh was in character, by the way. The two of you turn and you see the name Robert in Robert's handwriting <laughs> on the chair. Stylishly embroidered on the oh, back shit. of the chair. I told you we should just use this. Let's get it Wait, done. Is Robert doing this right now? This wasn't here before. The spoiler. The wow, he must have been really annoyed at us looking at the wheelchair he made and just being like, "Let's talk about disability rights." <laughs> Worth it though. I think I think Robert understands. I'm not sorry. Eddie and the rest of the crew are hustling <laughs> like an army march. Like, huh, two, three, four. How did we find them, by the way? Probably follow the sounds yeah. of crashing. Little trail of shadow, like bread. That falls. whole thing took like 10 seconds also. <laughs> like, they got really far, but it was not a lot of time. It's taken you guys like several minutes while Tisha and I have been chatting. <laughs> Jogging. Yeah. So, 
just uh, put Robert in his own wheelchair that's oh, it has his name it has on it. His name on it the whole time. <laughs> I didn't realize. That. Well, there could be a lot of people named Robert. That's true. <laughs> yeah, what if it's not, it doesn't have his last name on there. Do yeah, I never go for another joyride? <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> She's threatening. She's like revving the. She's the hero of the story. Needs. Has this been Robert's wheelchair the whole time? Has he been secretly, you know, having dog carry him places? You didn't see a wheelchair at his house when you ate for dinner, right? I didn't see a lot of things in his house. Like I didn't see the room with the clay dolls with the realistic human teeth. What? Huh? <laughs> you know, while, while we're talking about things we didn't see at his house. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Mm-hmm. We def- none of Do us. We want to forget that because I feel like we could, you know, you if we wanted to. I'm freaked out. Let's just put the man in the chair. If you want to burn some more time, <laughs> feel free. <laughs> no, I think we should just put him in the chair. He's saying that as post-production way. <laughs> no, this is pre-production. Way is the man I will become. So last line was Micah saying, you guys freak me out. That's where we were. Yeah, can we get a reaction to that line, please? You know, that's fair. Uh, Kaz is going to say out loud, which is atypical for them. They seem actually way more relaxed than you're used to seeing them. They seem more comfortable and they just say, tend to have that effect on people. Might as well make the most of it. You actually not so much. Wait, really? <laughs> like, cre- you don't creep me out or freak me. Like, you're... Uh... Kaz takes <laughs> off their head. You're not talking about the human teeth, all right? <laughs> Look, I've eh, seen things, man. And I didn't see anything. None of us saw it. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a little weird, I guess, but... The fact that we saw nothing... <laughs> All of this is a little weird. Like everything, every part of this is a little weird. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Everything is weird. If everything is weird and you're weird, I mean, what's the difference? You know, just exist. Yeah, dude. When in Rome. Well, that's that's my point. Is like I look at Kaz right now, right? And that is part of the background radiation weird that is now my life, right? Dude, yeah, tell me yeah. about it. Agave, that shit you just said, that was just strange. That was just a weird thing. I'm not the one that makes surprisingly Robert. realistic models of the human mouth in a room in my house. Yeah. Which I have not seen and refuse to acknowledge that I have maybe seen. If you want to talk about such things, you should talk about them with uh, Robert. You know, I don't think I'm going to bring that up to him, ever. (laughs) I mean, honestly, that doesn't seem that weird. He's an artist. Mouths are hard to draw, right? Yeah. You know, having a model sounds useful. I don't know why you guys think that's weird. No, no, I do get that the mouths are hard to draw. It's (laughs) the fact that all of them are in full tooth smiles. And the teeth, they... They look really authentic. Am I going crazy? uh, Sorry. They would look really authentic it would have been potentially really terrifying if you were looking for a bathroom say and like you turn the light on and there's all these like mannequins looking at you smiling with human teeth and then you turn the light off because you didn't see anything and you go to the next door down which is actually the bathroom you know yeah see this upsets me right that doesn't sound like a model that just sounds upsetting 
That's upsetting. Listen, just hypothetically, if there were a trafficker of teeth in this group, <laughs> the fact that they can't... The entire time, Jason has just been staring at Robert's sleeping body. <laughs> it's like lip peels back and you just see the glint of a perfect tooth in that mouth. Look beyond the mist to see if Robert's mythos is secretly the tooth fairy. <laughs> Listen, there are wings on the wheelchair. My personal guess was that as soon as he plugs him in, all of his hair is going to fall out and he's going to become Professor X. <laughs> Yo, Tooth Fairy mythos and your logos is like you're a, you're a hockey player and you're constantly knocking people's teeth out with your, your hockey stick. <laughs> oh. Dude, what about this? Tooth Fairy mythos, but your logos is you're a wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> you have little wings and a spoiler, and your name is written on yourself, so nobody could mistake you for someone else. This is going off of the rails. This is <laughs> out of ten. We are off the Here's the, here's the problem. Those. That joke's going to make it into the post-production, whereas all of the bangers that you guys have had earlier today aren't. They aren't. I don't know that have we, as is our custom, gotten just every scrap of meat off the bone, or is this more? <laughs> is there more to this bit that we can more animals? I think we can pop it a bit. All right, put him in the chair. Put him in the chair. And mold a fake teeth out of it, you know? Put him in the chair, goddammit. He's got dentures in his pocket. God, we use every part of this. God, just... Wow. Way asked us to buy time for some reason, and we purchased yeah. it wholesale. I mean, I love just wants to see how far bits. we can take this bit. I feel like those were some important in-character bits. I yeah, am excited yeah. for when Robert wakes up and he's like, "Why are you all talking about teeth?" <laughs> we're not going to say anything to Robert about teeth ever again. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> I think we all agree here at this moment to never talk about teeth in front of Robert. All hands I mean, in. to be honest with you, if if he made good models, I mean, I'm missing a couple teeth. So uh, Robert's in the chair. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like to take him out of the chair? <laughs> no. Yeah. No, no. you want him to sit in the chair? All right, that's fine. Is he look comfortable? Everybody will keep him. I think maybe we'll just leave him in the chair and walk away, you know? <laughs> almost like it was made for him. Well, I wouldn't go that far. Oh, okay. Sorry. It's almost like the story contrived it to be there for him. I definitely wouldn't say that. <laughs> well, just like staring no, at him in the chair no, now. Who's pushing? <laughs> <laughs> All of you, all of you, you have no idea what you're going to do after we're done scraping every last bit of meat on the bone, like Will said. We just, we just twiddle our fingers. We just want to get into, and fingers. that's the problem. We just start walking. Cass is going to start pushing Robert if nobody else does. Jason speaks up. Look, I'll push the, I'll push him around. Cass nods, hands over the reins. No, 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 no. Deeply awkward situation. Hold on. Uh, these people are all so strange. You really should not do that. That's definitely an invasion. You need to ask permission for somebody to touch their wheelchair. That's that's a genuine thing. Well, he's but asleep. He's, yeah, if you were unconscious, I wouldn't just pick wait, you up. Wait, you could inception him. Who wants to inception him and ask him for permission? Kaz is pushing Robert's wheelchair. Oh, wait, I want it. Okay. Wait, no, this sounds like a real thing, though. This sounds like a genuine thing. 
that you need to ask permission before touching someone's wheelchair. Yes, that is yeah. incredibly, that is a very genuine thing. In real life, that's a very important thing to cover. However, when you are underground in a world with magic powers and your unconscious friend has summoned you a wheelchair from beyond the ether, I think the reasonable assumption is that he wants you to push it for him. <laughs> So are you saying there's like some kind of implicit consent because he made the real chair? I don't know, man. I as a player am not commenting on the ethics of this. What I know is that Kaz Kaz is pushing the wheelchair. All right. So he's good. going to disapprove, but acquiesce. Well, Eddie, if you're still feeling uncomfortable about it, I could inception you and like you could go into his dream. You know what? Let's do that. Well, look, why don't we mention this to Robert when he wakes up, and uh, if, if he has a Whoa. problem with it, we can have a conversation about it. Oh, oh. ask Whoa. for forgiveness for permission. I have already helped the man to bed while he was half dead from poison and sat in his apartment while he slept. Real quick, this is fine. just to backtrack a moment, Akave, did you say you could inception somebody into his dream and that wasn't a thing that would... <laughs> Did we discuss that earlier? Did I miss that? Was that just idea floated you know? previously? Do you want to okay. go into his dreams? I don't know that I would be the person to do that, but I feel like putting someone into his dream would be a pretty <laughs> good solution to the problem of figuring out what's up with him, right? Yeah, exactly. If Lee was still among us and they didn't have a falling out, he would have probably been the best person to send into his dream. Eddie's going to look over at Tish at that uh, and say, well, I'm sure that while Lee's help in this situation would be very helpful, he isn't here right now. So how about we get a small group of people to traverse into Robert's mind and maybe retrieve him? Okay, so that's really invasive. Don't we just think he's going to wake up on his own? Isn't that what we've been led to believe? Like, you were taking an issue, you were taking an issue with us pushing his wheelchair, but you don't see a problem with us forcing our way into his mind. You're right, we should knock first. <sighs> it's not really a knocking, it's more like your mind is flooded and then we're there, you know? I don't know that he is going to just wake up naturally. I, I would like my friend back. Robert... You put wings in a spoiler on this wheelchair. Can you send us a sign if you want us to shut the fuck up and keep going in? Or draw um, a little picture if you want us to inception you. If you want us in our your dreams, do nothing. If you look down the hallway, you see a little arrow made of teeth pointing down the dark hallway. It's <laughs> <laughs> a deeply disturbing thing. That makes me think he can hear us. Yeah, and that makes me uncomfortable. He definitely heard all of what we did not see, right? He heard what we did not see. Yeah, just more arrows. This laughing is all in character. Like Kaz is losing their shit right now. Okay, we go further walking and pushing him along. Kaz is continuing. That's all. Is it okay if we touch your wheelchair? Incisor for yes, molar for no. Is that, is that is that a pile of human teeth? Why is there a pile of human teeth? Can we ask if he's okay? He can just he just can create those at will now. 
<laughs> You're the ones that brought up teeth. What is this guy's deal? <laughs> I don't know. This is really far outside the realm of guys. what he could previously do. What do you do? Guys, come on. He's being funny. <laughs> and classic Robert You're sitting here talking humor. about teeth for ages and he's having to sit and listen. Of course he conjures some teeth. Good bit. It is it is Great classic bit, Robert, Robert just pulling human teeth out of the ether. Yeah. I guess I can kind of do something similar. Yeah, Usually what are the teeth made of? I'm going to pick people. up some of the teeth. Why would you touch those? You want to describe the teeth, Marcus? They're clean and oddly heavier than they seem like they should be. They're like chiclets. You know that candy uh. chick? <laughs> Kaz picks up a handful of them and puts them in their bags. <laughs> <laughs> right, right that uh, inventory. Gross. That's just a <laughs> of human incisors guy. specifically. This is, this is upsetting <laughs> on such a deep level. Now who is the weird tooth freak? Huh? <laughs> I never denied being a weird tooth freak. <laughs> Guys, Kaz right now has three mythos themes and two crack on their single logo theme. Well shit. Into the Kaz is kind of a freak right now. Seven days a week. Certified freak. <laughs> I, I do have a little bit of a scene that I'm thinking of, and in order to get it going, I'm just going to assume that we're finishing the, the tooth yeah. riff and yeah. just yeah. calmly walking down the hallway. <laughs> maybe even a little bit Thank of Christ. Silence. <laughs> a silence coming over the group. Um, I did not see a pile of teeth. I did not see a pile of teeth. Jason's going to be, he's going to look a little uncomfortable and, and say, um, you guys talk about Lee a lot. What was he like? He fucking sucked. If I saw him again, I think I would have a hard time not beating the shit out of him. Okay, he wasn't that bad. He was the one that destroyed the gardens that you loved. I, oh. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> you just hear a lot about him in the news and you all were closest to him you knew him best and obviously happening behind the scenes he seemed like a good person when we first knew him a little miniature coat is dangling from the back of the wheelchair it's uh, red on the outside and blue on the inside if you had white it'd be like the french flag is this a french coat <laughs> gave tries it on gave's really used to wearing like super tight clothing yeah is this a baggy coat or is it like a tight coat does it adjust to me i think it's very tight but flatteringly so okay yeah specifically on agave maybe not on most other people here <laughs> jason by the way i think you would get the sense when kaz was like yeah i think i'd have trouble not beating the shit out of him you got like a strong sense of conflict like there was a weight behind that that was more than just a flat i hate that guy and it was clearly like there's a much bigger and more complicated answer to that question but instead kaz is focusing on the anger quick flashback to aranios tower in the rainstorm kaz is in the glass elevator looking out lee's climbing up the building they make a moment of eye contact and then it's gone do you remember that scene yeah mm -hmm. The way that was described, Kaz had like hatred and anger in their eyes, and Lee's eyes were full of love and acceptance. Eddie is going to whip out his flip phone 
<laughs> really high tech there. I don't. I don't know if we're has nods with respect. Yeah. Eddie gets it. He's gonna flip through some very low quality pictures until you see a picture of a drawing in crayon depicting a little girl with like elephant motifs around it, mm. and he's going to show it to Jason, and he's gonna say, "This is uh, something that." Lee's daughter drew the other week. I know her and her mom are going through a lot because Lee's just not around anymore and he kind of bailed without reason, without explanation. And no matter what the deal is. And you know, the whole thing about him being a gang criminal in the news. No, really stabbing at the heart here and just acknowledging <laughs> that. He's more than a deadbeat. He fucked up their whole lives yeah but the point is this is a depiction of someone we think is a rift i think that lee's daughter is going through that right now now i don't know what your awakening is like but i know for a lot of people it's traumatic and deeply personal and he's not around as one of the few people on this planet who could help her through that and certainly one of the most well equipped so no matter what I want answers from him, and not for me. He had all these powers to build. Like, he was a great construction worker, you know? And instead of choosing to make bridges, he chose to destroy them. Whenever I think about him, I just think about, I mean, what kind of person does that? It's not even hate. It's just, just a lack of empathy. Cold, uncaring. He always has a plan. And sometimes his plan, you can't see it. Occasionally he does really terrible things like make everyone in a room appear to die or actually die. But I'm not sure if that actually happened or not. Flicker of gold at the edge of your vision. He hurt people so he could help people he liked better. So he could help a different group he valued more. And if you think about it, didn't we do the same thing with those alligators just now? We hurt them to help other people. We didn't hurt innocent people. That's what Lee did. To be fair to the alligator. Eddie, have, have you seen the alligators? T, show, show him the photo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he missed the alligators. Check it out. Eddie finds this inspiring, frankly. <laughs> Delightful, but also sad for the alligator. Because um, it was just minding its own business in the only home it's ever known. What if it was from a zoo originally? Then I still don't know that it would be morally acceptable for me to beat up a creature in its newfound home. So you're telling me as a plumber you want there to be gators <laughs> where you might be working. Keeps the job <laughs> you, want, you want there to be gators moving through. What were they even eating down here? Yeah, that is... What's down here besides people? <laughs> Ooh, Will just lost power. Oh, that gator conversation was so strong. <laughs> just deleted him from the campaign. It might have been the weight of all the callback jokes that have just steadily broken the camel's back. Dude, I had so much content prepared that we didn't need at all. <laughs> <laughs> I liked this content, though. This content was good. good content. The bits had value. I'm not complaining. This is fantastic. I don't even have to do prep <laughs> next week. I can just let it ride. Perhaps we should end here, then. 
I was about to drop something else on you all, but we'll save that for next time. Do we want to geek out? Let us roll credits. What was the most meaningful interaction you had? God, that's so hard. That's so fucking hard. I want to take a help on Kaz. Why? For sure. Because that was so funny and cool. (laughs) They pranked me and I didn't expect it. Yeah, that's a great harmony (laughs) of mythos. Can I take a help point on dog? Yeah. Yeah. Also, yeah, that scene was so good. That was really fun. Are you able to take a help point on dog? Um, I actually, I think that would be appropriate narratively, but I don't want to do it mechanically. I don't understand that. I think that was a really big scene, but I don't want to take the mechanical help point. Is dog ever going to be a player character? I want that connection to be reflected in further scenes, not in having a help point on dog. Okay. Yeah. Then don't do anything and just remember it. That was great, though. I love dog. Gavi? I feel like Will and I had some good scenes. What did you like about those scenes? I like that he opened up, you know, that he felt comfortable enough with me to talk to me about his fears and his worries. So do you think that's where your help point is going? I think so. I feel like there's been an increase of friendship between Agave and Jason. Micah? Um, Just thoroughly creeped out at everything. hmm. (laughs) I will allow you to take a hurt point on everyone. Hurt points are always free. I'm not. We are very weird. I am going to take a hurt point on Robert for the pile of human teeth. (laughs) (laughs) Only because you talked about it for so long. That's a great reason. (laughs) That is a tiebreaker. I was going to do. I'm kind of mixed between Kaz or Jason. What's your reasoning behind both? For Jason, just like using his power to show Micah a way to help someone. It felt like a a good, empowering experience, and he felt touched by, like, Jason's kindness and, like, Jason's hope in him. And I I think with Kaz, like, that wasn't so much, like, a directly positive experience, which is why I'm kind of leaning towards saying with Jason, but it was still, like, he learned something about himself. And has, like, respect for Kaz through it. But now that I've talked about it, it's Jason. Because that was more, like, explicitly in scene. There it is. You got there. Yep. Nice. Marcus. Help on John for caring about dog. Beautiful. Definitely the right choice. I'm going to say a help and a hurt on Robert. Because he's concerned about the implication of the fallout between him and his good friend, dog. I mean, they're constantly together. And Eddie's worried about that. You know, Eddie, this is the first time... I can't speak to you directly at you like I can with Noah's other character. <laughs> this is the first time Eddie has seen them apart, right? Because, like, yeah. every other time you've seen Robert, he's been with the dog. God, there were so many good scenes tonight. The Elfie right? and the crocodile had the chase scene, the conversation between Jason and Agave. Micah's healing. Everything with dog, everything with dog. Micah genuinely calling out the complex group dynamics that allow us to just overlook incredibly problematic behaviors. And then just all of us completely leaning into it by... By making a scene about the collection of human teeth for shit and giggles. We really sunk our teeth into that one there, yeah. Goodbye, Craig. Well, I I had stuff. Hello? Wait, what? I thought you I thought you finished your didn't you do your stuff? I decided not to take a help point on dog. I never decided to do it. Oh, okay. Come on, man. Sorry. 
I'm going to take a help point on Micah, and I am doing that for the Peer Beyond the Mist scene because Kaz really uh, craves. Like, there's a part of Kaz that desperately, desperately wants to understand what they saw. Kaz, because of, of who they are, like, that's kind of what Kaz's whole thing is about. They had to die in order to make progress, in order to feel alive. Their entire life had to be burned down literally destroyed in order for them to grow anew. But this idea, this force still rejects their way of doing that, which bothers them. They want Micah or what's behind Micah to understand that. And they also are really attracted to this idea of life. And Kaz is additionally been going through this small crisis about how they solve their problems because the only thing they're really equipped to do is to hurt people to solve their problems they can't talk like agave can they can't make people feel safe they can't really even avoid other people the way tish can they can't build things the way robert can micah pursues life but he does it through immense violence and that's not a contradiction and Kaz wants to understand that. Kaz feels like Micah might have some, some answers to some of their questions. And I'm also going to take a hurt point on Robert, which just kind of reflects Kaz's very complex feelings surrounding the situation with dad. Uh, with dad? Hello? <laughs> with dog? Um, <laughs> that was going to be my next Dude, line. Dude, dog's mythos is Freud. Oh my Holy gosh. Shit. <laughs> Dog just yeah. became so real that Ren mistook him for their own father. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make that joke. It's like in Dog school. Dog is so much cooler than my dad. <laughs> anyway, um, speaking of dads, uh, Cass feels very complicated about the way Robert is has interacted with dad because of Cass's relationship. You just did it again. Did I say dad? That's really funny. Redo the uh, sentence so I can of, fix it in post, please. I don't remember what the sentence was. Um, Cass feels really complicated about the relationship between Robert and Dog and how it's evolved because of Kaz's relationship with their own like familial figures in their life, both their dad and, you know, Valencia, of course. So it's like they kind of feel they really, really like Robert. They've really felt secure in Robert as a good person. But even he has shown like this really massive failure to essentially his son. Kaz isn't out to get Robert, but Kaz has complicated feelings, and I think it would make sense if that reflects in a hurt point. Nice. So yes, way I did, I did have some stuff. 